Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at BlueNile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. So, in an era where trust is the most essential piece of building a brand um, and it's the most essential piece of marketing and and connecting with others what what happens right I, I was able to say okay if we can capitalize on our human behavior and the DNA that we make snap decisions within 0.8 milliseconds right we've always been told don't judge it's a bad thing to judge but in fact we actually can't not do it right? And so I had this theory of there's three things that happen. First, I need to be able to help people understand or the women I work with understand that by understanding who they are, going to the inside, right? Saying, who am I as a leader? What do I love to do? What's, you know, all of those questions. What is my story? I'm able then to create an instant connection with your audience and instantly build trust. And so for me, the methodology is a three-step process. It's, it's story, it's style, and it's brand. How you day, how you day. That was the voice of Janelle. And Janelle is an amazing brand strategist. We are going to be talking a lot about how to tell your story, understanding her JD methodology, how her methodology has inspired others and created a movement for female empowerment throughout the world, and the impact of first impressions and how they can actually impact your ROI. As you all know, I'm a big fan of personal branding. I think personal branding and cultural competency are the two biggest skills we need to have in the 21st century. I talk about those things all the time, and Janelle really dives into what her process is and how she really found herself and found their story, and in doing so, created a movement. I hope you check out a book. I put a book in the show notes, and her story is one that I hope you resonate with. I want to talk about something else before we dive into the episode. As you all know, I'm a big proponent of mental health, and on the 500th episode, I was talking about how you know, I've, I use better help for online therapy. I wanted to mention another option for you, which I'm actually a partner of, just became a, a, a brand partner of Bloom, and Bloom is a digital therapist in your pocket. So if you are more of a proponent of having digital therapy in your phone and you are trying to figure out how to manage therapy in the age of social distancing, this is one that I would recommend. And their main methodology is using 
CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy. A lot of it is guided journaling. A lot of it is working through changing your behavior and changing your thoughts around those things that you tell yourself when you're worrying or when you're dealing with anxiety and depression. I've been using it for a while now. It's definitely helped. It's something that I share all the time. I share on all my social media platforms, even before I became an ambassador. And I'm going to put a link in my show notes so you can click on it. And if you use my link, you can have, I think it's a free month or a free week and you can test it out. I'm not sure which one it is, but they're going to allow you to basically play with the platform. You can see if you like it and then let me know how it works for you. (laughs) Uh, But seriously, though, I don't want you to all forget your mental health. Keep that a priority. Okay. Love you all. Enjoy the episode. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today's guest is Janelle Diane. Now, Janelle is an executive brand strategist and founder of Janelle Diane Incorporated. With her proven JD methodology and three-step process, Diane has found that a female executive's personal brand is the missing link between female-driven consumer economy and the rise of women in leadership. By asking not what do I wear, but rather, what story do you want to tell? Diane has worked with various female CEOs in Fortune 500 companies, including Salesforce, uh, Stephanie Buscemi, whose look and presence took social media by storm at the launch of their Dreamforce initi- initiative. And she's also been someone that has been the, the voice of reason behind many other companies across several industries. We talk in the interview about her rise in the fashion industry, as well as in the corporate industry and how that intersection came about. But her story to get into this world is one that is the most fascinating to me. And I'm, I'm eager to have her tell you that story. Welcome to the show, Janelle. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. The pleasure is mine. You know, I hinted on it in the intro. You have this fascinating story that starts from youth, really, uh, very, very young in your life that really opened your eyes to what the world could be. And I'm curious if you could enlighten the audience about what it was like for you when you got into this world at three years old and realized that it was just you and your creativity. Yeah. um, You know, I always think I look back at where I am today and I never would have imagined that I would be doing what I'm doing, um, let alone in the world of fashion and styling when my dream was to. Um, be in the corporate world within HR, organizational development, and all of those other things. And when I was asked to write this book a year ago, which I thought it'd take me only three months, <laughs> super easy, right? As you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, I had to take a step back and say, okay, what is my true story? And you're right, what you said was my story started when I was three years old. I um, my, my most vivid memory is it was a summer day, and my mom had been struggling with some illnesses, and we didn't know what it was, and and she was on some medication that was giving her some uh, bouts of, of psychosis, putting her in a state of psychosis. But, and it was that very interesting summer, summer day. My grandmother's behind her putting dishes in the dishwasher. She's sitting at the table putting together a lesson for calligraphy. She's a teacher. Um, and she looked up at me and I saw these eyes kind of change. And I knew that she was about to go somewhere that, that I knew wasn't going to be her. Um, and she always said, you know, Janelle, I'm about to, I'm about to go somewhere else. I'm not going to be mommy right now, but I love you. Um, and she, that day was different instead of, you know, being able to kind of calm through it. She said, Janelle, I need you to come sit on my lap. 
And so, of course, the next thing I remember is I'm sitting on her lap and she's holding me super tight. And I'm watching her take these three rings off of her, her, wedding, her wedding bands and put them on the table. And as she did that, she looked at me and said, Janelle, I want you to have these rings because I'm going to die now. Wow. And yeah, and um, I talk about this in my book and actually I just finished the Audible and I made a real big point that actually I spoke my Audible um, because I want you to hear my story and how I sometimes get choked up about this, which I'm trying to take a breath here. But what I learned over those next eight years um, as I watched these rings sit on the oak table, as I watched my grandmother surround me, trying to pull me out, as I looked at my brother in the doorway, having him look at me and those eyes telling me that she might be right. Um, I learned the power of family. I learned the power of community. Um, and I learned that um, it's not, a, you know, how we create our own story from, you know, from pain um, is our decision. And what we do with our stories and how we can help others is something that that can be powerful. Um, and that's actually essential and needed in this world. Um, over the next eight years, my mom would go in and out of the hospital. Um, my first grade year, she spent 168 days in the hospital. Um, she was in the psychotic ward. I mean, she, we've almost lost her, I think, three times by the time I was 16. Um, but the silver lining with all of that and why I do what I do today and the lessons that I learned it came from my grandmothers, right? It came from my mother during these times. And it was um, the power of storytelling. And I would stay up all night with my grandmother telling me what my mom was like, you know, when she wasn't around. And I grew up with another grandmother that showed me how to buy costume jewelry and put it on and how that made you feel different and special and unique and, and that it was good to be seen, um, even though there's so much going on behind closed doors in my home. And when I wrote, again, when I look back until I hit UCLA, going to UCLA and then starting my own career is that my mother was my first brand that I ever loved. Um, she taught me that it didn't matter what labels you were wearing. You know, it didn't matter whether you shopped at Goodwill, which I usually did. And it didn't matter if your clothes came from Hillary, your neighbor in black plastic bags on a summer day. Um, what mattered was you, right? What mattered is being confident and being real and being raw and being um, not perfect. And, and she taught me that stories have the power to connect us, but what we wear has the, has the ability to inspire us to have a conversation without even saying a word. And that truly is what I see what a brand is professionally or, or um, personally is a brand is the brilliant connection between your story, your real story, the ability to control that story by changing what you ask in the morning when you open up that closet. One, I probably need to wash that shirt. Typically, I think I'm like, oh, but really you open up the closet and it's not what am I going to wear today? It's what story do I want to tell? Who do I want to relate to? What is my stage today? Is it dropping off at at carpool line? Is it walking into the board meeting? Is it your first job interview? But really being mindful. Um, it's not about the sizes, right? It's about what am I going to say today without opening my mouth? Um, and so that began a journey through career and motherhood and um, taking a step out for eight years, the lessons I learned from gaining 80 pounds 
with my first child, the humility um, of understanding the judgment that women get out here in the world. Um, and being a plus one, I talk about how, you know, being a plus one to an executive here in the Bay Area that many times I was seen but not heard. Um, and how those, that, those experiences, especially when I would be on executive retreats and how they kind of, these men would talk over me at times because I had, quote, nothing of value to add, right? Um, that made me remember that my greatest gift was telling a story. And so I would begin to build these stories and I'd go back with my husband and say, you know what, here's what I'm thinking. This person, this person, this person, like this one doesn't feel real, something's going on. And I started to rehone uh, my ability to, to find that connection with what they were and who they were. And many times I was dead on um, and I wouldn't have to really have a long conversation with them. So wow. that was over 40 years of experience. But, um, and in between, you know, I spent 10 years in human resources, fascinated by human development, human behavior. Why do we work for a company we work for? Why does a company create a culture that they do? What are we missing for employees? How can we chain them longer, right? How can we increase our ROI and our bottom line by not thinking about our ROI and bottom line, by putting your, your biggest brand asset as your top priority, which, is, which are the people, which are the leaders, how can we invest in them, which I believe includes how they appear, how they walk, how they talk, what they wear, who they are outside the office, who they are as a leader inside the office. If we can put the investment there, which is critical, the results are going to be outstanding. The loyalty to the brand, because the brand represents, right, as we all know, company culture, personal culture, vision, value, what we stand for. You know, um, you know, giving back what our causes are. If we can align our leadership and our employees with where this, where a company wants to go, um, the loyalty to the brand, the loyalty to the products and services, the loyalty, you know, all that matters is that they they trust, they trust us because we're we're authentic, we're transparent. Um, yeah. That's you know, that's interesting because that's 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 really at the crux of understanding your JD methodology. You say it's a three-step to yes. process to establish trust, uh, truth, trust, and loyalty in the era of storytelling. Mm -hmm. But before I even go into that, I want to take the time to acknowledge just how amazing you are. By the way, just I, I was listening to your story and I and really well done. I you know you're such a fantastic storyteller, and you were remarking on your ability to acknowledge your pain and use it as part of your story. That's something that I don't know that a lot of people do today. You know, that there's a lot of uh, pain in the world on a daily basis. You know, everybody experiences pain of some level, some degree, but not many people are able to really get at the crux of the root of that pain and figure out the human, I guess the, the humanity in that, and then uh, be self-aware enough to turn that into a career, a business. And I'm just curious if you've ever reflected on that or was it something that just came instinctively to you because um, I, I just think that's, that's such a powerful tool that you have there. Yeah, you know, there was a, a, a turning point for me. Um, I always, but I do like to say that, you know, I tell my, my kids sometimes when, you know, quote unquote, life gets tough. And of course, sometimes I think in my mind, oh, if, if you only knew what I was doing at eight years old. But 
um, is that we may not choose how the plot of our life unfolds, yes. right? But we can choose whether we see a tragedy or a trauma or a setback as the beginning or an end. And we can choose how we want to stand up for what we believe in. We can choose to accept these battles or we can choose to fight or we can choose to walk away. Um, but for me, I chose to take these stories, take my story, and also to take all of these stories that I work with of all these women, because we all have these incredible, empowering stories from all different ways of, you know, it's opened my mind to make me realize, wow, I thought mine was this way, but I'm learning so much from her, that we have the ability to take these stories for good, right? Turn around, lift others up. Um, and, and my aha moment came actually on a cement floor, I think I chapter before I talk about this, I'm laying on the cement floor in New Jersey at a conference, the Tony Robbins conference. And I had just had a total breakdown and I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I didn't want the life that I had. I had two young boys. I, I had a great husband. I, I had a wonderful world of friends, but something was missing and I was lost. And I remember laying back down and what Tony does is he has you go back in time. And he has you go back to your earliest memory. And that's when that table came back up, that oak table on, the summer, on his hot summer day. And he basically said, I want you to see your life as stories. And I want you to go through. And he walks you through this. And he goes, like a VHS, though some of our audience might not know VHS, but imagine it like little snippets, you know, on a movie. And I want you to decide to keep that or to let it go. Right. Keep it, let it go. Keep it, let it go. And as I went through this process, I thought it was 10 minutes, it ended up being three hours. I realized that the stories of lupus, the stories of, of struggles for my mother and her sickness weren't mine anymore. What my story was, is I was a daughter of mom with a, a, you know, with a chronic disease, but that I was a dancer, that I loved music, that I loved to help others. I loved to put together outfits, not because it was the the clothing but it's like okay what's your story today right and that moment on that cement floor at the very end of the day what I did know was that I wanted to help other women find the permission to say yes to themselves before they hit 35 because I never gave myself that permission I wanted to and I'm like I don't know what I want to do but I do know that I want to work with other women to say you know what we are all the same, but we just have different stories that lead us to where we're meeting today. And so that was that aha moment to say, I'm going to rewrite my story. I'm going to share my story. I'm going to rewrite my story. I'm going to start right now. I'm going to give my permission to myself permission to do what I do, because if I can't, if I can't do it to myself, I can't do it with other women. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew it would look something like this, but I didn't know. Um, I didn't know that I would be here today, six years later. That's incredible. So, yeah. yeah. And so obviously, floor in New Jersey. Go <laughs> hey, go ahead. Yeah. No, no. So it's been a journey. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, I guess the, the thing that I, um, I take away from that is that you, you had to break down to build up. Right. So, yes. Yeah. So you, you got to that level and now, you have this um, uh, JD method, uh, methodology. I never know how to say that word. JD methodology. <laughs> methodology. Yeah, there you go. JD methodology. You have the JD methodology, and uh, just yeah. So, what is that Let process about? It. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, in an era where 
trust is the most essential piece of building a brand. Um, and it's the most essential piece of marketing and, and connecting with others. What, what happens, right? I, I was able to say, okay, if we can capitalize on our human behavior and the DNA that we make snap decisions within 0.8 milliseconds, right? We've always been told, don't judge. It's a bad thing to judge. But in fact, we actually can't not do it, right? And so I had this theory of there's three things that happen. First, I need to be able to help people understand or the women I work with understand that by understanding who they are, going to the inside, right? Saying, who am I as a leader? What do I love to do? What's, you know, all of those questions. What is my story? I'm able then to create an instant connection with your audience and instantly build trust. And so for me, the methodology is a three-step process. It's, it's story, it's style, and it's brand. Hence the title of the book. Wow. And, right? <laughs> story, Shuck style, it. brand. Second, <laughs> right. And what it talks about is, is this, this, this overlapping, uh, mis the missing linkage between this phenomenon, right? So you have the human behavior, first impressions, whether I trust you or not, it's a gut reaction, right? You have a female-driven global consumer economy. And, and we know at this point that 95% of all decisions on products, services, whatever it may be, is driven by emotional gut reaction. It's inherent. We can't, we can't, you know, we can't change that. And so understanding that if our mind and our brain decides within a split second, 95% of the time, it's just the gut. If we know that the largest global, global growing consumer in the world are women, female driven, uh, in fact, 70 to 80% of all industries auto industry, buying homes, you know, children, children rearing, whatever it may be, are influenced or driven and bought by women, which is massive and it's getting bigger and bigger. Um, then, then the rise of women in leadership is not just because it needs to be equality, which I absolutely agree with. And I've struggled with my own um, experiences in the past, but it's, it's because women tell great stories to women. We speak, you know, differently. We, we talk to, 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 to women differently. And so if we can put more women in leadership, if companies can empower more women in leadership, taking that step um, in an era when storytelling is, is marketing, um, that, that was kind of my philosophy. So the JD methodology was developed on the belief that if we can understand uh, and, and actually embrace and capitalize on our human behavior, on those first impressions that I talk about um, and those judgment calls. Um, if we can capitalize on that, then we have the ability to influence those natural human judgments to set us up for success by controlling the conversation on every level using sensory details, you know, whether it's the audience sees her walk up on stage, whether she's staying there, her arms move around, whether it's shoulders back, you know, is there music playing, um, the product she's talking about. And most importantly, if not the most critical element is what is she wearing? Because what she wears tells that story. That, story's, that story is going to create trust. So what she's saying right after that 
here's a product, here's a service, you know, whatever it may be. I trust her. And therefore she's telling me the truth about this brand. She's authentic. I want to listen. I want to lean in. I'm going to unfold my arms, right? And let her talk to me. And it's not talking at, it's talking with. That's what I say to my clients. And so because of that, establishing those two T's is what I say, creating loyalty to the brand comes naturally. I mean, think about it. We are more loyalty to the to the woman in a leadership role than we are to the, the company itself. We believe in the leader, therefore we believe in the product and the company in which they drive. So with that, um, the other part of how this methodology kind of came about organically was taking a look at the what's happening in the global economy right now. You've got a massive opportunity for women to be empowered, to be inspiring, but also to be able to put them in the driver's seat. To be able to say, you know, if they walk into a boardroom, if they take on uh, media, right, or if they take on a new job, it's they're given the opportunity to not just say, I am here. And for some, it's like, well, I didn't get here. You know, am I here because I'm a woman or am I here because I fill this seat? And we switch it to say not I am here, but here I am. Here I am because this is me. This is my story. How I dress is actually, you know, subconsciously telling you that story. And this is why you're going to trust me because I'm going to tell the truth. And this is why you need me as your, as your leader. So the three-step process is kind of a blueprint on how to get there um, that I finally am able to share with all of, all of the readers, um, the listeners, so that everyone has the opportunity to kind of take this process and start from the inside out, as I say. So this process, or what I call three-step process, or the first three steps, came about when I was talking to a couple of my clients while I was working on a pilot program in San Francisco at the Dreamforce convention in 2016. And I'm not sure if you know much about Dreamforce, but Mark Benioff hosts the world's largest um, technology conference in the world. There's about 170,000 people that descend on San Francisco. It's a little crazy out there. And with, you know, over probably 17 million at the time viewers worldwide. And what I was, what I pitched and. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. And, and the program that I, I implemented there was I worked with their top women executives who had been tapped to go up on stage during these four days to present to their audience, their customers, all of their services and products. And 
having them go upstage to look polished and refined and to kind of exude the, the core values of, and the brand of not only themselves, but also Salesforce. And so what I would always tell each of them is I, sa- I would say, there's three steps up to this stage for you. And in those three steps, you've got to be able to engage with them in an instant, right? So the first step is, you know, engaging. The next step is inspiring. The next one is empowerment. And by the time you get to the stage, they're yours. And hence why I call it story style brand, right? Trust, truth, loyalty, and all of those different things. Yeah. And so let's take, let's take, for example, I, if, if you were a new client, I would, wa- I would go and meet you. I'd say, tell me what you do. Tell me how you would define who you are as a leader. Tell me how you think that your client, uh, your team would define you as a leader. Sometimes I actually go and try and get a 360 degree view of them by talking to maybe their EA, by talking to their managers that report up to her. And I ask these questions of how do you see her? How does she walk into a room and command your respect, right? What services do you, and I'll ask, what services do you sell? What products do you sell? Do you believe in them? What, tell me about your corporate culture. Why would I want to work for the company that you work for? And why would I want to work for you? And that's going on the inside. Again, as you notice, I'm not talking about what they're going to wear yet. I'm talking about trying to figure out who they are and the story that they want to tell. And so once we go through that, then I go into styling. But how I style is different. So if you imagine that you're on a Net-A-Porter website, which by the way is one of my favorites, and you go up to the filter button. And you're like, okay, I need, I don't know what to wear. What am I going to wear? So you go up to the filter and instead of saying size, color, you know, all of these different things, what I have in my filter is who's the audience? What's the product you're going to sell or services, right? When is it? Where are you standing on stage? Are you up high with the 360 degree of your entire body? Are you behind a podium, right? When is it? Where will it be? Is it cold inside? Is it warm inside? right? What, what, um, what message do you want? And then we start to say, okay, great. Are you sitting on a chair? Well, if you're sitting on a chair, let's take a look at the bottom of your shoes. Are the soles of your shoes, do they look presentable, right? Okay. If you're standing in 360 degree view, let's work on how you stand. Let's work on your gait when you're up on stage and let's make sure from behind, you look just as good as from the front. And so those are my filters. So by the time I actually decide on what you're going to wear, it's super easy. Because again, it's the story we're going to tell. And then the last step is about brand. And so this three-step process makes that link into creating a very loyal brand uh, that people believe in, in the woman in leadership, like I said before, but they believe in who she stands for. They want to work for her right? They want to buy the products because they believe in all of those things. And that is kind of this aha moment I had. And what then solidified that is when you take a look at the social media feeds that are happening, right? Because of course I'm behind and I'm just like, okay, what are they saying on Twitter? What are they saying on social social media or whatever? And what I found fascinating was that not a single thing while she was up on stage was ever about what she was wearing. And I found that that's where I'm like, wow, that is, that is why I do what I do. Because what they talked about was 
and I, you can see this in the book. I actually have screenshots of these is she's a powerhouse. I want to be like her when I get, you know, when I get become a bigger leader or wow, she, you know, she is an inspiration to me. Not mm. a single thing about, I love her dress. Where did she get that? I wonder if I can get that on that a right? Yeah. It's, it's that subconscious, you know, just deep, deep ability to become this movement of, of a woman saying, come with me on this journey. Let me tell you a story about MasterCard or something like that. Um, and so that was how that methodology kind of launched um, and that those three steps. You know, I, you know, I just wonder if you've gotten pushback on the style aspect of it. The people yes. say that, yes, because I, 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 I do hear sometimes people say, why should it matter what I wear? And mm -hmm. you know, playing devil's advocate here, yeah. does it matter? What you wear? It matters. Does, absolutely. Does okay. It, yeah, it absolutely matters. So, sorry to interrupt, but I always, when someone says, well, what do you, you know, do you ever get pushback? Like you just said, is I'm like, absolutely. When a company says, hey, we'd love you to come in and work with women. And one of the reasons why I, I really stay away from being called a stylist or an image consultant is because women at that, at the top always say, sometimes with crossed arms, I didn't get to where I was by having to think about what I wear. And I'll say, absolutely, but I'm here to get you to where you want to be. Let me explain why it matters. Because I think actually what you wear is, is critical, if not essential, to the success of your brand. And for companies, they need to invest in these women in leadership in order to, like I talked earlier, in order to increase your ROI and yes, your revenue, but even greater than that is to show that this company has a culture of empowerment and engagement and investing in their largest brand ambassador. I mean, it's, it's a huge recruiting tool. It's a huge selling point. Um, and so for me, I'm, why I wrote this book is also another way to open up more doors, to be able to get in and do more speaking events at keynotes and, and workshops in the corporations, at company headquarters, with a sweet seat of executives for me to say, you are missing one of the biggest opportunities that you can by investing in women leadership. Let me help build a brand that's going to include me working with their style, but because that's the missing link that you need to find that success. But yeah, I, I do get pushback and I don't like to be told no. <laughs> no, I mean, the only reason I'm bringing that up is because a lot of times, and we, we have an intersection with the work we do, mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a growing frustration when people are saying, why don't you accept me for who I am? And some people will say, that outfit is not me, but my skill set is this. That's right. part of seeing me. And so I, right. I, I was curious to, to, to hear your thoughts around that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think that it, it actually bodes well with what, that argument, which is, um, it is you. So let me help find your, let me help find you with the right, with the right outfit. Because no, no, right? I mean, no woman, I, I, you know, every, every time we wake up, we're like, oh, it's kind of this, kind of that. It's difficult. Your closet is one of the most um, vulnerable places you can be because each piece represents a story, a reason why you bought it. So, um, you know, you don't want to be seen as just your skill sets. I, I totally agree. But no one, in order to create the trust so that they see your skill set, you've got to build it on your first impression. Does that make sense? Yeah, it goes yeah. one step back. Yeah. 
Now, now you said this uh, methodology is inspired and created a waterfall of female empowerment uh, through personal brand stories. Can you share more of the other uh, sure. stories you've had? Yeah. Yeah, the heart, the heart of what I do that that was kind of my secret. Yeah. And now I realize now I realize that, you know, it goes back to those black plastic bags. So in 2017, I started Beyond Us. Um, it's a platform for women to help other women to kind of turn around and lift other women back up um, through clothes and through what we have worn and the stories that those clothes have told. Um, it happened actually, and it, it, again, I, I'm referencing the book, it's called Alaska. Um, it happened because I thought, you know, what are we going to do with all these clothes? I go into a, a woman's closet. We walk through everything. You know, I talk about, I'm not going to have you buy anything for a while. You're not going to work with me for that long. You're going to deep dive with me. I'm going to teach you how to do this three-step process. And then I'm going to let you fly. And, but inevitably you're going to get these pieces in the closet that just don't work with who they are now. And I always felt like, you know, why are we throwing these clothes on the floor you know, why, you know, we give them to Goodwill and we give them to charity, which is absolutely amazing. But, but sometimes we don't want to give them away because it's sad, right? It's like, well, no one's going to appreciate this, right? Oh, there's still tags on it. Or I spent so much money on it, or there's such great memories there. And so in 2016, 2017, before I launched this, I said, okay, what if I can find a woman to give this piece to? And I'll write a story and I'll say, this is what she wore this at. Lynn Voivodich is one of my clients and she was the first member on the Ford board. Um, And imagine what would it feel like if I said, this woman wore this this blazer when she went into the first board meeting, right? And crushed it. She wants you to have this because through Beyond Us, I've learned that you need just that extra push to do what you dream of doing. And in return, all I ask is that you write a letter back to my client to say what it made you feel. And so beyond us is this theory that that clothes carry stories, stories need to continue, and they connect us. And so how can we then pass that on to others? And what's interesting, I probably 90% of the time, I'll then give the letter back and I'll say, oh my gosh, you, you know, you've made such a great change and oh, this woman's awesome. And most of the time it's anonymous. And the first thing a woman says is, what else can I give? What hmm. else can I share? This feels so good. So that, you know, that sums up kind of that beyond us. And for me, you know, when I do one of these, you know, another one of this, a beyond us connection, I think of Hillary. Unfortunately, she's passed and she's one of my dearest friends growing up. But I think of her and I think of Hillary, this skirt that she gave me, I had flowers on the side. And every time I kind of do this quiet honoring of, you know, Hillary, I was your beyond us girl. And yeah. it's my, it's my opportunity is my, this platform. And it's my, my honor to, to find other beyond us girls at this point. And, and this is part of your, you know, your philosophy where you believe that investing in women, yes. leadership, yeah, women in leadership was not only going to drive the ROI, but establish a dominant presence in the industry. Yes, because it lifts every woman up to be a leader in their own right. So you've been saying it throughout the interview. You said that we are in a female-driven consumer economy. Yes. Is that yes. to say that uh, the people, I guess, uh, that, that women determine the consumer economy by far, you know, way more than men? That That's what I'm gathering from that. Is that correct? Yes, yes. And, and then yet there's a disconnect with the representation in 
female leadership because Absolutely. of that. Absolutely. At, at the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the top. And a lot of that has to do with the stories that either companies are saying or companies are buying into. Is that correct? Yeah, so there's a disconnect in 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 understanding just how much of an asset women in these roles are. Um, and again, I speak and I've worked with men um, in the past, but I, I think women, quote unquote, judge women harder um, and they're searching for a way to connect versus judge. You know, that, you know, it's kind of a we all kind of like women are harder on women. Um, but there's a big disconnect to see that this type of, of training, I guess, right, of being this type of methodology should be implemented in a larger branding process for a company. Um, and yeah, I, we need to get to the top. We need to, you know, invest in, in them, uh, invest in their own brands. Because, you know, if you're gonna build a product that most likely a woman's going to, to buy, let's have, input from these women. Let's have these women then go out there and speak to other women women, and say, look, this worked for me. Look, come on this journey. This is awesome. This is why we need this product. You know? Yeah. 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 And uh, ladies and gentlemen and gender nonconformers, we're talking to Janelle Dillon. And uh, we, right away, we started off this conversation, even before we hit record, we were talking about how you had this unconventional career path. And throughout the interview, you've talked about your, your aha moment and the turning point in your life. But what I know the audience always loves to hear is just what the mechanics were behind that. So you, you got the aha moment. You got the, I need to decide what I want to do and I'm going to do this. But how did you really go about in building this career and establishing yourself as a thought leader in the space? Because it's one thing to have the idea. It's another thing to execute that. Yeah, no, great, great question. Um, Building a startup when you have no clue what you're doing uh, is can be exciting and also scary as hell. Um, so what I did was it actually started, again, a story that, that launched me into the world of fashion began when a friend of mine asked me to, to, to come over, or actually they came over to my house and said, I've got my sister-in-law who's working for Cut From The Claw down in Los Angeles, and they're looking for style muses of mothers and women your age um, to try out these jeans and to tell tell on social media, you know, why do I love these jeans and how does that help me in my life? And that was kind of the catalyst that when she came over, I didn't think anything of it. But as we started to work together, all this storytelling and building looks and whatever came about. And so kind of the, the, the rebrand that I've done, I've rebranded several times over the last five years is I started out as a style muse. Um, and in that time, what I did was I had to go learn everything I could about Fashion Week. I had to read up on like why people do what they do, what is a style blogger, um, how do how do I get started? I know on Squarespace, I wrote my I built my website in three nights on a couch. Um, I still have to do <laughs> it on the couch in which I fell asleep on. Um, I called everyone I could. You know, I looking back, actually, there were over 65 plus women in the last five years that have become my mentor, my guides that have given me their time and knowledge of parts of industries and parts of running a company that I had no clue on how to on what to do. Um, So I I just I just grinded. I grinded. I didn't take no. I saw that as a not now. I learned what my who my clients were. I learned who my clients weren't. Um, And slowly I became a stylist. 
And I got my first clients. And through working with them, I think that's where I started to see, ooh, every time I work with a woman, I've got these, this process that I'm doing. This is interesting. Um, at the same time, actually, I wireframed and built an app that I don't actually talk much about, but a way to say, okay, how can we, like I talked about with Filter, how can I give, create an app not only for my clients, but how can I get it out there to every woman so they can do this process with me? Um, learn that I can't build a product and services at the same time, which is two companies. And so from stylist, and then I got my, I, I decided to jump back into the tech world and live at the intersection of fashion and technology. Because in the Bay Area, we have a huge, huge um, opportunity to, to help women in, uh, in leadership. And we were at the forefront um, and are at the forefront of really making this happen. And so I worked with Pebble, Pebble Time. Um, is it's a smartwatch. And I went in there and I pitched myself as a style and brand advisor. And what I became was their kind of their key uh, message, message, you know, messaging between the, the, the women that they wanted to, to get to a consumer market and the watch they're building that looked, you know, to be fair, like the first Atari game, very, very rudimentary, very like, so not going to wear that on my wrist is what I told them. Um, and so as I did that, I realized it wasn't about the styling. It was about me giving you feedback on, look, this is what women want. Let me help you build it. Let me help you design a watch that was different. So I've rebranded at this point, as you can tell, three times. And finally, then with this pilot program at Dreamforce, and when I got into working with people at LinkedIn and Facebook and all of that, um, I realized that it's not style, right? I'm an executive brand strategist. I am the missing link in an overall brand strategy for corporations and for, for women in leadership. So yeah, yeah, there's so many other avenues and so many crazy failures that were the best fail for it ever. Um, but that's kind of the, my process of how I did it. No, and I want everybody listening to understand this. You identified what it is that you were uniquely good at. You started to observe what worked and what didn't in terms of your clients. You created a platform where you had your digital home. You used Squarespace, so you did, so you could do a lot of plug and play. You didn't want to have to deal with the coding. And obviously, yeah. as you grew, as you grew, you maybe you would decide I'm going to invest in something. But at least you wanted to have right. something that people could look at. And then that you, you consistently grinded, as you said, you grinded. And that's the key that you consistently started to plug and play. And this works, this doesn't work. I see this, this is a trend, bam, bam, bam. Then you got that one client, that one client, you perform for that client and that sort of snowballed. But Right, and, and I think it's also important to, to do what you're really good at. Don't invest until you actually need to invest. So a lot of people start out being like, oh, I'm gonna take all this money and build X, Y, Z. Don't, I started with $1,000. And I just said, unless I need it, unless there's a pain there that I need to fix, I'm going to focus on on what's working. And the market will tell you. Yeah, the market will tell yeah. you. Yeah, the market, will tell, the market you. will tell you. And then the other thing I was going to say is I implemented a V2 mom or or what's, you know, which is, Mark Benioff wrote about it, but it's creating an infrastructure of who, what my business is. And it starts with your vision. What do I want to be? What do I want to be known as? What makes me different that no one else can do? Why would you go with Janelle Diane? And then from there, it talks about your value. So it's, it's, again, it's this backward method that really helped me pinpoint that I wanted to be a brand strategist. And, and there. you can actually read, read my original V2 mom in there. But, but that's the other good thing about what you do is you bring all yourself into your business. You, the fact that you're a mom, right? The fact that yeah. you care about women and creating a platform for, 
for others. The fact that you care about style, the fact that you, you know, you, everything is an aspect uh, that that shows up in in your business. And so yeah. you're not, I guess, you know, sacrificing an element of who you are, which is one of the things that sometimes people feel like they have to do when they launch businesses, that they have to lose uh, an essence of, of themselves or who they are. And that's when your passion starts to die down. So whatever yeah, is uniquely you, yeah. Now, whatever is I think, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> what were you about to oh, say? So one of the things I talk about is non-negotiables and boundaries. And um, I think that would go into reminding you of, I'm going to stay true to who I am. And, you know, I have non-negotiables. And if that means my, my company, you know, grows smaller, if that means that I'm going to say to a client that I'm like, oh, I could help them. But my non-negotiable is xyz or whatever it is um then that's going to be my that's going to be my guiding light and for example my non-negotiable actually i learned the hard way but um is that i no longer go to new york fashion week because (laughs) fashion week lands both times on my two boys birthdays my non-negotiable as as a mother is i'm not going to miss that that i will never get back so i don't go to new york fashion week which actually was amazing because it then pushed me back to technology, right? It pushed me back to the Bay. Um, but yeah, you've got to stay true to it all. Yeah, you got to stay true to uh, true it all. So where can yeah. people find your book? Stories um, on Amazon, on yeah. Amazon, um, or on my website, JanelleDiane.com. Again, everyone make sure you know how to spell it. It's J-A-N-E-L-D-Y-A-N. Um, but on Amazon, Kindle is out, just finished the recording of Audible. So I'm excited that that's going to come out in a couple of weeks. Um, and you can really hear my voice in some more of those stories. I share stories on Audible that I don't have in the book. So that's kind of fun. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Janelle Diane. Janelle Diane.com. Janelle Diane. I, it's going to be, people are going to know it, I swear. Or I go by JD. You can just call me JD as well. Uh, no, JD, JD, JD Methodology, Janelle Diane. We'll make sure to put that in the show notes. The book is called Story Style Brand, While Corporate Results Are a Matter of Personal Style. Now, before I let you go, I want to ask you my final question, which is what I always ask all my guests. My personal mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. And I like to ask my guests how they use the differences to make a difference. So how do you do that, Janelle? How do I make it my difference? My difference is that, like everyone else's, is that my story is unique. My difference is to how I approach how you tell that story. I am that missing link that's not out there yet. And I want to make a difference by, by giving that to other, other women to find their own difference. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're not afraid to use your difference to open up platforms for other people. And Absolutely. I'm only as good as if I can empower one, then I can inspire many. Gosh, well said. Well said. I, 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 I don't know. I think you should really get into storytelling. I feel like that's your, your thing. Uh, maybe write a book, you know, to help people tell their well, stories. <laughs> yeah, literally, uh, this whole book is not a how-to. This whole book is is uh, stories. They're all stories to show you my process. They're, yeah. they're just stories. Yeah. Stories of failure, yeah. I truly appreciate it. And and so, okay, so we're going to make sure we'll put this in the show notes. We're going to make sure there's uh, you know an infinite amount of access to you. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience before we close? I think, I think the heart of it all is just to always remember um, that, you know, we all have a stage that we walk onto every day, whether that be, you know, on the stage at Dreamforce or the stage, um, 
of a new job or whatever it is. And so the only way that you can really own a stage is by thinking, here I am. And that's by owning your story and living that story. And my mom taught me a long time ago to go all the way back to when I was three is that stories have the power to connect us and to inspire us. But more than anything else, stories have the ability to let us know that we're not alone. So your story matters. And I want to hear it. And we all deserve to hear it. Yes. Your story matters. And we want to know it. And we want to know that you deserve it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much it's for coming. It's been to so fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. It's, it's been a true pleasure. I really love the authenticity that comes across when you speak. So it's a pleasure. And uh, I just want to thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. The pleasure is mine. Ladies, gentlemen, and gender non-binary individuals, till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you.